Hey, everybody. Welcome to our first podcast for Leading the Lean. Uh, welcome to Leaning In, our new podcast. Uh, I'm Eric Whitley. I have with me uh, Bob Arga, who's our chief customer officer. Hello. Uh, say hello, Bob. I have with me nope. uh, Devin Baldwin. He's the kind of the guy who's running the sound stuff. He's uh, he's one of our senior software developers, but he's also a, a production geek. extraordinaire, so. right? Yeah, no doubt. Do a little bit of everything. So, Hello, everybody. <laughs> uh, somewhere, I'm not sure where in the world Chris Shelley is. He's on the line with us. Uh, Chris? I'm in Linden, Utah. Linden, I'm, also Utah. Soft, I'm also a senior software engineer. That's right. Um, uh, and then we have with us uh, our director of client relations, uh, Kara Winther. I wanted to call her the director of customer delight, but that got voted down. Um, so uh, customer relations. So, Kara? Thank you very much for the introduction, Eric. <laughs> yeah. since, since we're not in Nevada, we could not go with Director of Customer Delight. It wouldn't work yeah. out. We'll just call yeah. her our Kara. Yeah, Perfect. yeah. We want to come up. We want to come up. Bob had an idea that we, instead of uh, Siri, we're going to do Kara. Yeah, so it, it, can, it's already started. The ball's rolling. There's so no you just now. you ask a question and then you get a sarcastic answer. <laughs> If I'm not available and I have to forward the call, that is correct. If there is no sarcasm, you should uh, question the source. It's probably not from Kara. That's right. Yeah. If the answer is not sarcastically brought back to you. So awesome. So what we're going to do here on our uh, podcast, guys, is every, every, uh, probably every couple of weeks, we've decided we're going to uh, throw out a topic, have a conversation, try to have a good time while we're doing it. Uh, talk about those things that are important to, uh, leading to lean users and potential customers and lean practitioners uh, around the world. And so um, we're going to let you join in on the conversation and, and be a part of that conversation and listen in on, on what we talk about. So one of the topics that we thought we'd talk about today uh, was metrics. And, uh, and it, dang, it just seems so stinking difficult to get good metrics in plants and i really don't know why that is and so uh, we thought we probably better start talking about it and try to figure out how to help our clients get better metrics so um bob and i have talked about this a lot and uh, i don't know what well i i think the first step is getting good data right and i you know we have a solution that you know seems to seems to work really well um by capturing the data real time as people are doing it, it's, you know, we see a, a huge difference in the data we collect versus the typical enter the data on a spreadsheet or fill out work orders at the end of the day before we go home, which, you know, we all want, we don't want to spend the last hour of the day entering data. So, you know, if anybody's like me, I want to get out of there. So I'm, you know, I'm not going to, spend a whole lot of time into it so you know what happens is we end up getting you know just a portion of the the actual truth that happened in the factory that day so yeah I, so that, I was that, go I, ahead i think Dev, Devin, and you and you and i were at a client here recently where we had a supervisor who said you guys don't realize how many hours of night hours at night that you've saved me right yeah, yeah. i mean she was spending like well, two hours sitting on her bed with her laptop and a glass of wine, putting in data at the end of the day. <laughs> what was she we watching? She was watching a show, wasn't she? Um, <laughs> yeah. 
right. Yeah, we. I wish I wish Mark was on here. He'll probably be on. You know, maybe he'll be joining us here. But uh, he actually had a client that claims they spent. You know, for his technicians to enter, you know, PM data and work order data at the end of the day, they were spending over an hour a day on the computer. Is that per person? Which yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah, per person. We won't say what software package they were using, but everybody no. knows the three-letter word or acronym. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what was the what's the famous quote, Bob? That uh, who was it that said that we gave his life back? We, we gave uh, him back. His John skin. Butler. John Butler. He's a he's a, a customer of ours out on the East Coast. He's actually left that company, went to another company, and uh, yeah, he. Uh, you know, he he was, you know, he was a maintenance supervisor. So during the day, all kinds of crazy things were happening in the night and everything. And there was real no visit. There wasn't a lot of visibility. So, you know, production was calling him all the time. Like, where's your maintenance guys? Hey, I got a big problem here. What's going on? So his phone was ringing constantly. You know, he said he was getting 40 calls a, a day. And then, you know, once we implemented the system and, and, you know, everybody had that visibility and could see exactly what was happening and when it was happening and where the priorities were. You know, his call count went down dramatically. So, yeah, his comment was, uh, I got my life back. And we're happy he did. Yeah, no doubt. That's cool. One of the one of the things that, that uh, we also run into is... You know, everybody calls these metrics something different. They, uh, you know, one person's OEE is really another person's OA and, you know, stuff like that. So how, how do we, I mean, how do we, how do we help them? Yeah, so. Maybe this is more of a question for, for Chris, but how do we help them get the right calculations and, and the right data? I mean, what, you know, what's the. Everybody's going to have a little different calculation. They just need to use our reports. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you know what, Eric, you make a good point. And there's, you know, there's lots of different ways that we found. I, I thought there was some pretty basic standards on how these things were calculated, but I'm finding going from company to company that everybody has their own twist to it. You and, know, I found, you I know found what, too that what it, they're trying to do sometimes. Sometimes they're also trying to hide their ugly beasts, right? They found that that's a better cool. way of, of calculating something that doesn't look as bad as a standard way. Right. Um, right. So we don't necessarily, so one of the things I want to bring up is accuracy of data. So we want to make sure that the data is as accurate and as insightful as possible. Cause if you're, if you're trying to, um, stack the deck as it were, just to make it look right, make it, make it look better for your manager. You're probably trying, you're probably doing the wrong thing. You should be focusing on what's causing the, the data and the metrics to look wrong, solve that problem. And then you'll have something to report that you'll be proud of. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Cause I've faced that constantly, you know, we'll go into a customer site and they'll, you know, our, our software is really designed to, to bring the problems to the surface. And, you know, you got to be really careful that people don't see that as a bad thing because problems we see, you know, if we can see the problem, we can actually do something about it. So hiding problems and, you know, you know, manipulating data so that it makes like you look like you're better than you are is not the right thing to do. Um, the best sites we have, um, 
they focus more on improvement. They'll focus, you know, they'll even do things like where they'll lower the water levels is what I call it. And it'll actually make their, make their overall metrics look, you know, like something bad happened because all they did is they lowered the water so that more problems would surface, which makes it look like, hey, we got more problems than we did yesterday. What's going on? When in reality, they're just, you know, found it, that they could they could actually surface more problems if they dug a little deeper or, or you know, expose more. Yeah, and it's, isn't that isn't that just kind of one of the basic tenets of lean is to constantly expose the issues, and then go solve the issues and and not try to not try to hide it. Yeah, be you know? honest yeah. about it. Hey, care how many how many uh, metric related support tickets do you think we get uh, in a week? And what are what are kind of the ones that we see? I was going to say we see those daily. Every day there are questions about. How, how to arrive at the calculations. And the things that, that we're talking about, I was thinking just in regard to that, Eric, um, because a lot of times it's like, I have to explain this to our management team or my supervisor's looking for this or accounting wants a response. And I think that one of the great things about leading to lean is that when you have the data and it's compiled, it's no longer, it's not personal. There's no finger pointing. Um, it lets people come together so they can they can see here's our here's our problem area. It's not maybe what what this this group or this area thought the problem was. So it makes it not personal, uh, easy to see the issue. I get those tickets. They can they come in every day. I, I, I percentage or a number I'm I'm not sure, but it's yeah. always looking looking for help. And even if it comes from a place of trying to provide an explanation, it's always with the the end objective of making things better, improving it for everyone. Right, right. You're and we're constantly trying to and and, and uh, constantly trying to develop helps for metrics and stuff like that. Um, I know Devin, Chris, you guys can talk a little bit about. I mean, how many tickets do we have where people are asking, "Hey, can you develop this? Can you?" Can you help you know, me with this? And it just seems to me like metrics are so stinking elusive with inside of a plant that you can't help but need a system that's going to be able to drive good metric taking. You know what I mean? We do good get data. a lot of people who ask how, like Kara said, how metrics are derived. You know, what is your calculation? We do expose, you know, exactly how we how we calculate the metrics in our system. Um we actually have had a couple of requests recently asking us to expose the raw data so that they can um, compare it against other other data that's not available in our system. So we, we do, uh, we, we get a lot of those types of requests. So a couple of different types. Number one, we get uh, people requesting us to, rec requesting that we create a new metric for their plant. Uh, number two, uh, breaking down uh, metrics so that they can have uh, the raw data um, those are those are two of the ones on off the top of my head. Um, an interesting thing, I can see where they're coming coming from on both sides. Uh, what we like to do is we like to lean toward finding this the industry standard metrics, um, making those available, uh, so it's easy to report, and it's easy to aggregate over time, and so on. And then um, what the and then once we have that available, then it makes it really easy to manage um, against those metrics. Yeah. You know, I have, I have some a story I can share, um, and it ties into what we're talking about. Is, you know, what I find is, 
you know, there's some metrics, some of the metrics are so complicated that the people that actually can do something about it don't understand even how it's calculated and how they, how they actually, how they influence it. So, you know, when I was working at, uh, working at AutoLeave and we were working with Toyota, um, we simplified everything down to, you know what, let's not measure, you know, all these mean time to this, mean time to that, all this OEE and stuff. We just measured downtime occurrences. Anytime we had a line stoppage, that was an occurrence. And we set a goal to reduce those by 50%. And it made a huge difference. No, then we didn't spend, we wasn't spending all this time pulling reports and calculating data and having questions. We've just focused on fixing those occurrences. And you know what? In in the end, you know, we kind of looked at it as, you know, if the occurrence never happened, if we could reduce the occurrences, we reduce the the mean time to repair and the mean time between failures it affects everything. And it made a huge difference for us anyways, because we were just getting tangled up in all these different metrics. And, and you know, what? and in the end, to be honest with you, if it didn't hit the bottom line costs, you know, if it wasn't, you know, the, the maintenance group or the engineering group could show, Hey, we've, we've been re improved operational availability of the equipment from 75 to 85%. But if that didn't equate to more parts out the door, it didn't even matter. You and I see that all over the place. Like what Devin said earlier, where people are manipulating the data to show that they're doing good. And then when you say, well, show me, you know, how much has your costs improved over time? What's your cost per product? What's What was it last year versus this year? And it hasn't even changed. So did we really do anything? Yeah. People, you know? people do a People do a lot of work and are at the same exact place where they are where they started at, right? Yeah, Toyota always said to us, "Don't manage from charts and graphs." Yeah, you know yeah. their whole their whole thing was, you know, where are the abnormalities, what are they, and engage people in fixing them. So we want to get to engaging the problems faster and fixing those because if you do that, all your metrics, no matter how you calculate them, will come into line. Right. You know, right. Bob, I've heard you say before, there's no such thing as a magic metric. There's no magic ticket or something like that. Oh, and there's some bad metrics. And, you know, I don't know if we'll get into it in this discussion, but I would like to, I think it's, I really would like to have Mark on for that one, but talking about me bad metrics and how some metrics can drive bad behavior. Yeah, truly. And we've seen it. Mark lived in it. And so he has some good experience with it. I lived in it. And Eric, I'm sure is been in it and out of it his whole career is just you know when management focuses on certain metrics you know be careful what you ask for because you'll get it and sometimes it will drive the wrong behavior what are exactly. just real quick bob what are some of those me metrics so like mean time to repair you know yeah, as a manager a i think that's a great a that's a great metric to look at just kind of the, as a statistic to see you know on average how long does it take us to repair things you know, and as I invest in things, so if I'm a manager, I'm going to invest in, you know, I can see that, you know, it's taken us 40 minutes on average to fix things. So as I invest in training or as I invest in, you know, putting in a better MRO system uh, or better systems to get information to the tech so they can make, you know, so they improves their troubleshooting effectiveness. As I do those, I want to see that number go down. When you put that out in front of technicians and say, okay, our goal is to reduce mean time be to repair by 50%, all they hear is fix it faster. Yeah, right, right. So we've gone in sites where, you know, occurrences are through the roof and they're fixing things, you know, the 
probably is, is a lot of band-aiding going yeah. on. And I actually had a technician corner me one day and says, uh, um, when you was at Autoleave, did you guys fix things right or just fix it fast? And I said, well, you know, everybody wants it fixed right. You know, our goal was to fix it right so it didn't happen again. And ultimately even go the one step further and, you know, do some investigation and root cause analysis to understand, you know, how we can eliminate it from ever happening. And he's, you know, his comment was, well, here, all that matters is we fix it fast. So we never fix anything right. And that was his perception. They're managing against the wrong metric. Exactly. Just driving bad behavior, you know, so um, you just got to be careful. I, I, like I said, I like that statistic to use and I like to use it with my staff to kind of address and, you know, as we do certain uh, as we go after certain it, uh, improvements to see how it's affecting that, but I'd never put it out in front of the floor people as a metric to drive their, you know, their daily activities. You know, there are certain you know, metrics see, that are uh, like action oriented. There are certain metrics that are information, like are really good for informational purposes only. And it seems yeah. like the occurrences is a very good action oriented. Um, mean time between failure is a really good informational metric. Would that be accurate? Right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're all, I can't argue that, you know what, because I've, I've, I've got into some debates, believe it or not, with folks <laughs> about metrics. And, uh, you know, I can't argue that, that all the metrics out there aren't good, but they've got to be used correctly. And, yeah. uh, you know, the... Hey, by the way, real quick, hey, Chris, if I could get you to be quiet a little bit, dude, because we're just... <laughs> Oh, this is good stuff. I love feeding from the well of Bob Argyle. <laughs> I just listen to this and go, oh, man, this guy knows his stuff. You got like your shoes well, off and your toes pointed oh, out. Oh, I am. This is yeah. good talk. Don't, yeah. I don't want to, I just don't want to stop this gravy train. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have I'm a lot of plant experience. Brought up, I, nobody's brought up anything about goats yet. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you yeah, hear the sound uh, a minute ago? Was that where are the goats out? Their, their ride is here. That's right. The the goats' ride is there. Is that the siren? Is that what you said? Um, the the goat midwife, I think, just arrived. That's correct. <laughs> nice. Got a midwife now. Midwife. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. Listen, <laughs> I you know you're making too much money if you got goats, but if you got a midwife for goats, that's big trouble. Yeah. Either that or a lot of gloves. Yeah. yeah, I'm not oh, even I, sure. I'm not even sure yeah. what a goat midwife would do. Yeah, so I, I can use my imagination on that one. We'll, <laughs> no we'll cover that in a later podcast. <laughs> um, but one, one one thing I, an expression I've heard that when you, when we were talking about this, when we're talking about data and how to collect it and how to use it, it's important to use it as a measuring stick and not a yardstick. So if it's used to Mm -hmm. measure and make improvements as opposed to impose some sort of punishment. Oh yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no doubt. That you're made up too. Did you make that up? You know, that's good. And did I, did I make that up? Um, I did, but I have another expression that that's <laughs> someone that several of us know, I won't say his name because so many people, I remember him asking me if it's more important to be effective or efficient which is exactly what you were talking about, Bob. Do you do it yep. right or do you do it fast? And it's it's a trick question. You have to you have to do both. It has to be someplace in the middle. So right. yeah. if, if you're measuring, 
I'm reminded of getting materials from an outside vendor and the purchasing group could show tremendous savings, but nobody was looking at the, the rework time and the field costs and warranties, all of those things. So it's terrific on one side. And if it doesn't help on the other, there's no point. Yeah. You know, my dad used to yeah. say something. If you don't have time to do it right, when are you going to have time to do it over? <laughs> wow. True. Yeah. You know, and Eric's got a great saying too, the, you know, sometimes, you know, the fixing it right, you know, we'll go in and say, Hey, let's, let's fix these problems. And, you know, Eric's, you know, saying is, you know, they're too busy sawing to stop and sharpen the blade. Yeah. And I, I think we see that a lot where, you know, they'll, you know, Hey, we don't have time to, to address those issues. We don't have time to fix them because we're just too busy. We're too and, busy creating the problems. Yeah. We're too busy fixing the same problems we're trying to stop and fix. And it's not easy. I, you know, it's, it's difficult to step away and, you know, cause it's painful at first you and know. you're going to feel the pain immediately. So, you know, if everybody's firefighting and reacting to issues, if you pull some of those resources back and say, I'm going to, I'm going to have you guys go, proactively address the issues we have and see if we can't put some things in place to, to mitigate the, the you know, the impact and it's painful, well, but you may it not get it the first time either. Well, it might take two or three times. You may not get it the first time. It may take a couple of times. Yeah. And, and the cool thing about that, I think about leading the lean is that it actually, it actually allows you to see and have a much clearer picture on where to go firefight. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if, you know, I, we have a client right now who, you know, their, their number one issue throughout their entire plant of their 550 machines is sensors and, and, and they don't, and they currently, you know, are concentrating on trying to figure out how to reduce just sensor failures, not anything else, just that's sensor great. failures, you know? And that's so great. that's. I mean, that's huge. So, yeah, I found when I, we focused on occurrences too, you know, you've, you could kind of go, we went in, we found out adjustments. I mean, we were adjusting every machine in that factory. Like it was insane. So it forced us to kind of look at, you know, if we look at, you know, we can look at machine by machine and we had our big, you know, obviously we had our big hitter machines that we were going after, but when we looked at the whole picture, um, we, by far, we were adjusting, you know, whether it was tracks or sensors or feeder bowls or whatever, we were adjusting everything. And so it, we, we actually, uh, had a lot of discussions about adjustments and we, we threw out a no adjustment policy as a, as kind of a true North thing to go after. So we threw that out to our engineers and our maintenance guys and, you know, and we had some ingenious ideas start to come out of that as, you know, when we just said, Hey, what if we didn't have to adjust anything, guys? You know, obviously, you're going to get a lot of people come back and say, well, golly, you got to adjust things. It's just how, That's just part of life. Well, what if it wasn't? And yeah. some guys started stepping up. And we, we started identifying so many things. And, you know, what we found, one of the big things we found was the, the incoming materials were all over the map. You know, of course, they're always in spec. But, you know, you get, you get cans in that were on the top end of the spec. And then the next lot's on the bottom end of the spec. And... Of course, our machines were never designed to be able to handle everything in spec, you know, within the spec without some type of adjustment. So we, you know, we addressed those issues and we were able to solve just a ton of problems. And then once we eliminated the adjustments, if something came in and we and it wouldn't run through the machine, we knew it was out of spec. Yeah. 
You know, though, I have found that uh, measuring occurrences is not necessarily effective in all parts of life because I have taken some data on how many times Michelle has told me to take out the trash. <laughs> and then I, I put that down as my number one hitter to eliminate of things that I do. And yeah, that didn't work out too well, you know? <laughs> so um, be careful about where you actually collect that. You so. can actually, you can put in a trash compactor. That'll eliminate your occurrences. <laughs> yes. Some of them. That'll eliminate my trips to the, to the De- decrease at least. And then yeah. you can build a conveyor belt from your kitchen to your trash can. Spoken like a true engineer, Devin. There you go. Spoken like See, a true I'm engineer. I'm here to solve problems. Just get some yeah. goat. <laughs> yeah, just get a goat. <laughs> you know, what we need to do is we just need to market this batch for home edition. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Greatest honeydew list that a man will ever hate. Yeah. Can you imagine if you let your wife put in a dispatch for everything she wanted you to do? Holy your mother. time, your downtime, your... <laughs> yeah. I'm already overwhelmed. Yeah no, yeah, no, I couldn't possibly vote for that. We'd, we'd, we'd have to charge more for the server space. <laughs> yeah, man. The amount of dispatches that would be in there. We'd be in big trouble. Big trouble. Dispatch home edition. Patent pending. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. Right on our podcast. Yeah. So. All right. Well, hey, we're. uh, That was an awesome discussion. And uh, let's hope. I I hope that this is what we do. uh, Every podcast is try to give some insight. So give me. uh, Give me the 30 second. Uh, wrap up there, Bob, on what what you would suggest from a from a metric yeah. standpoint for our customers. Yeah, you know, like I said, we'll talk more about this, but keep it simple. Um, you know, make it so that the people on the floor easily, you know, they easily understand how they affect the metrics, and they actually can do something about it. Um, complex metrics you know oe is a pretty complex metric and it might be something you want to look at from a management standpoint but when you put it in front of people they don't understand how they affect it and it just it just makes it confusing so keep it simple and don't hide your problems it's okay to have problems that's how we fix things that's how we get better um so i i would say those two things just keep it simple and it's okay to have problems don't hide them it's it's not okay to have problems if we don't do anything about it but you know, it's, you know, I, I think those are the big, the big takeaways today. Right. Right. What, what do you about think, Kara? Kara? Pardon me? Are what you, do you ready? Think? What's, what's, what's the one, what's the one nugget of wisdom, your years of manufacturing and company related business that we can give on metrics? It's very hard to narrow it down to one and please have the, the applause meter standing by, but I would say, uh, if you measure it, it will improve. So be cognizant of what you're measuring, pay attention to the data that's collected, and then act on it. We also have another saying that that no report will fix a problem just by generating the report. Yeah. Yes. Uh, is that <laughs> is that the applause? Well, she asked for it. I gave it to her. It sounded little, like bacon frying. <laughs> oh, okay. Let me try. Hold on. Let me try this one. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. Much better. Much better. Good. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Good insight. We'll, we'll fix that in post. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just gonna go through every single one of these applause sounds until I get the right one. 
Stand All by. Right, so, so Chris, as you as you've climbed the hill of the of the uh, you know the guru of Bob Argyle, what have you learned today? I I learned that these. I mean, it's just obvious. These things are not new radical concepts. These are each of you came up with sayings that your parents told you. I mean, this is these are keeping it simple. You know, make sure you measure before you cut. I mean, these are these are time tested truths. Yeah. If you just take it simple and direct and use the metrics to be honest with you and you don't try and tweak it to what you want, it's your answers are going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Find your number one problem and go work on it and then go find the next number one and then go find the next number one. And pretty soon you're going to be out of the woods, you know, and you're going to be thinking, ah, life is good or it's better at least, you know. It's the same thing. You're not going to get skinnier every day by just adjusting the scale. You know, you just need to be honest with yourself and take it one step at a time and you're going to get there. Oh, now. Chris, I'm going to write that down and like, was that directed use at me? that. Did you mean that for me? Uh, got everyone that know, who knows Eric, he's a buck fifty soaking wet. So <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so if yeah, I've been a buck fifty since the seventh grade. What are you talking about? So. You can't lose weight by adjusting the scale. Is that what you said? <laughs> so is, is this for the book, Devin? Uh, yeah, I'm writing it down on a post-it right now. Yes. You can't right. lose weight by adjusting the scale every day. Yeah, what we need is a few more sayings in the next podcast. I think that'll work out well. So, you know, I'm going to make a refrigerator magnet Etsy site. So, oh. just post these. <laughs> I will buy everything. Yes, Visa will love. Yeah, you you should be able to retire from that. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for listening in to uh, leaning in the podcast that uh, helps you with things uh, like. You know, what to do with goats and uh, stuff like that, you know, valuable stuff. Really, we hope you enjoyed this and uh, we look forward to listening to you next time. Go find us on your favorite uh, podcast app, whatever you like to download your podcast from. Tell your friends, tell your coworkers about us and uh, we'll keep them coming. Thanks, everybody.